blessing to be able to pray for them and for the camp as well. I got Spider-Man hanging out with me, which will bring him in in just a moment. And then just a reminder as well, especially for our first meeting, next Sunday, June, for, June the 6th, we start at 9 a.m. So we're moving things back a half an hour for the summer to give us a bit more time and uh, for various reasons. And so next Sunday, we start for the summer at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. So just a reminder. Well, it is great to see everyone. Welcome to Christ Central Church. My name is Joe Crummy, and I'm going to be speaking today from the Bible and from the book of Acts, chapter 9. And so as we begin, I have a question uh, for you, or maybe just a comment or observation as well. And, but you can see if this has ever applied maybe to your life or to anyone in your life. And it's this. Have you ever started out at something new, and at first it went really well, but then it kind of got harder and harder, and then you actually had to take some more time to learn and grow and develop? So has that ever happened to you? So maybe you started out in a course at school, and at first you're like, I am acing this. This is really easy. I'm so glad I picked this. And then like a couple weeks in, you're like, oh, no. And it actually got harder, and you had to take a lot more. Uh, it may be something to do with work and training. And we see this a lot of times in sports. People start out really well, and they maybe make a big splash, and this happens in athletics. And they have a great debut, and then sometimes you don't hear about them again for a long time. And a lot of times, sometimes people have a great start, and then they got to actually take a couple of years. They go back to the minors. They have to grow and train and develop and learn what it is to be a pro. And so this morning, I might be making a bit of a stretch in this illustration, but I kind of think this example for me fits on today's main character that we're going to be taking a look at, who is Saul, sometimes called Paul. And I really think that God wants us to learn some things this morning. And I think it's a great, uh, we didn't really plan it this way, but for our Green Hill Lake Camp crew, I think this is a really great message for you and really for anyone of any age and we're going to learn some principles that we can apply to our life today and so let me just set up the context then we're going to read God's word and Mark spoke from the beginning of chapter 9 last week about a man named Saul so that was his Hebrew name Paul was his Greek name who had a radical life-altering encounter with Jesus Christ and so you can read that just a few um, verses earlier really an incredible story and such a dramatic change because Paul went from being a persecutor of Christians to actually becoming a Christian, and then he himself was persecuted. Paul went from scattering Christians to he himself happened to be scattered. It was a dramatic change. So that's the context where we pick up the story. So if you have your Bibles with you, we'll put it up on the screen. Acts chapter 9, the second part of verse 19, and we're going to read to verse 31. So here's the context. It says this, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. And all those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? That's the name of Jesus. And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. And after many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill him. But Saul learned of their plan. And day and night they kept close watch in the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. 
When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the believers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. So, whew, what an amazing story. Saul, the bounty hunter, had a radical encounter with Jesus, and he was forever changed. And now he's become a follower of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah. And within days, he starts preaching and teaching that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus really is the Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed one. And we see that putting our faith and trust and hope in Jesus changes our relationship with God, it changes our relationship with the church, it changes our relationship with the world. And sometimes I think this is how I kind of think we can think about Paul, Saul, and we can be like, wow, this amazing story. Saul, Paul, he's like a superhero, like a Christian superhero. It's like God zapped him, injected him with a serum, and all of a sudden he's this incredible person. Who does that remind you of? This is my Spider-Man reminder right here. Because sometimes I can think of Paul is like Spider-Man. So if you don't know the story of Spider-Man, Spider-Man, this average guy got bit by a radioactive spider and all of a sudden becomes a superhero. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Spider-Can spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Okay, moving right along. But we can think of Paul like a Spider-Man. We can think, you know what? Paul, man, God got a hold of his life, and he's just a superhero, but he is so far out there, nothing in his life could ever apply to me. And in some ways, yes, Paul was called to be an apostle to the Gentiles, and there were some specific things Paul was called to. However, I think there was a formation in Paul that we can sometimes skip over, and we don't even understand that God brought years of formation into Paul's life. And I just want to try to bring that out this morning, because sometimes when we read the Bible, we can just read it so fast, we don't understand there's a chronological order to how we read God's Word. And I believe there were many years of formation in Paul's life before we see sort of Paul in more of a public setting. So let's go over a few things I think God just wants to emphasize this morning that can apply to us. Kids, these apply to you. Teenagers, these apply to you. Young adults, whatever age group, these principles from God's Word applies to all of us. So let's take a look. And first thing I just want to point out is this. Paul was hidden for a number of years. So we're talking about formation. We're talking about, okay, in one sense, when we become a Christian, it is like a moment. We're born again. We're born of God's Spirit. But it's not just like we're bitten once and then life just goes, God wants us to be formed into the image of Jesus. We're not only saved by Jesus 
and Jesus is our example, God then begins to work in us to make us more like Jesus. And that goes on for the whole of our lives. And did you know this, that Paul, early after his conversion to follow Jesus, did you know, because it kind of skips over here a little bit, Luke just uses these words, after many days had gone by, but if you read Paul's story, and if you read, and we had time to read the book of Galatians that he wrote, in the first few verses in Galatians, he tells a story and he says this, I spent three years in Arabia before he went to Jerusalem. So Luke just kind of skips through it. Many days later <laughs> is actually three years. So if you can picture it, Paul has this radical encounter. Jesus, Ananias comes to him. He's baptized in water. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He begins to preach, and he grew more and more powerful. And we can just think, Spider-Man. God bit him, and then he's just supernatural, and like, there he goes. We don't realize, no, Paul went away for three years. And then we read this at the verse 29 and 30. It says that after Paul left Jerusalem, he went to Tarsus. Guess what? He was in Tarsus at least six years before we read about Paul again. And we read in Acts 11, Barnabas was in Antioch, and he says he went to Tarsus to get Paul, and he brought him to Antioch to be with him. Folks, from chapter 9, Saul, Paul, having a radical encounter with Jesus, actually it was about 10 years before his public sort of ministry began. And we can just think, Spider-Man, bitten, supernatural, Paul, radical encounter with Jesus, however, 10 years of formation. And I just want to take a peek and say, you know what? I think there's some things we can look at. Why was Paul sort of, in a sense, hidden for three years? Why was Paul hidden for another six years? And I believe this, it was a preparation. God had to put 10 years of preparation into Paul in order for what was to come for him to have a foundation to handle all the things that God had in store for him. Three years, six years, preparation. Doesn't that sound a bit like Jesus? Does that remind you of Jesus? Incredible beginning, angels, birth. We read a little bit about when he was a young guy going to the temple, and then, boom, we don't hear about him again. And Jesus, in a sense, was hidden for 30 years before God had things for him to do more in the public. Why does God do these things? Why does God, in a sense, sometimes hide people away? Because God wants to form and prepare and protect and cultivate and train and equip and reveal who he is and his purposes and plans so that people can fully follow him and his purposes and plans. We read this in Galatians 4.19. Paul shares his heart with the Galatian church and he shares this goal. He says, this is my goal. My goal is this, is that Christ is formed in you. Folks, that's our heart as elders, as shepherds of this church. Our heart is this, is that Christ is formed in you. That's our, one of our goals. That's one of our responsibilities that's why we're about the things we're about. We want to see Christ 
formed in you. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul says this, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Let me say that again. Paul says this to the Corinthians, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Well, this is what I think sometimes we miss out on, and that's why I'm using Spider-Man as an illustration. Sometimes I read Paul say that, and I go, well, Paul, like, dude, come on. You're a superhero. There's no way I can follow you. There's no way I can imitate you, because I think you're like Spider-Man. It'd be like Spider-Man being up here this morning and saying, okay, guys, this is what I want you to do. I want you to swing from building to building. Okay, imitate me, because I can do it. I've got supernatural powers, so imitate me. And we're all going to go like, yeah, right. Unless I'm bitten by a radioactive spider, I'm not imitating you. I'm not putting the tights on if I don't got the web to go from building to building, okay? And I think we can do that with Paul. Paul wrote most of the New Testament. And we can go, Paul, that was good for you because, man, you had that incredible Damascus Road encounter with Jesus. But the rest of us... You know, if we think that, and we can subconsciously think that, we miss out on what God has for us in the life of Paul. So if we work backwards and deduce that in those two periods of time hidden away, I believe those were invaluable times for God laying a foundation in Paul's life. So some of this I'm taking from what we read about later in Paul's life, but let me just kind of put them in the summer here. What was God doing in that hidden time? Paul had lots of time in God's Word, and with the help of the Holy Spirit, understanding the Old Testament and how everything points to Jesus, how the prophecies, how the law, how God's unfolding plan leads to Jesus, that he understood the story of God's Word. He understood the story from Genesis right up to the end of Malachi. He understood at that time God's word. He understood that everything was pointing to Jesus being the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. And how that changes everything. It's possible that during this time, Paul learned a trade. Maybe he learned being a tent maker during this time that was going to help him later on. Some very practical skills he was learning. We believe this, that Paul, when he was hidden, learned how to pray. He learned how to be silent and to hear God's voice and to understand the leading of the Holy Spirit. Paul did this. He had years of wrestling through, and this is an important one, in processing God's call on his life. So if you remember last week when Mark spoke from Acts 9, Ananias come and saying, Paul, hey, God's calling you to be an apostle to the Gentiles, and he's going to show you how much you're going to suffer. And if we read Paul's story, Paul was like this, really. He had to wrestle with that, because Paul really felt this. I'm actually the perfect guy to go and preach to the Jews. I'm a Jew. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. You know, I was trained like, God, God, I'm the guy. Like, it makes sense. I would be the guy that should go to the Hebrews, to the Jews. And God's saying, no, I'm actually going to send you to the Gentiles. And Paul had to wrestle through and yield to God's will. Years of God's leading, preparation, gathering the insights and understandings that would make him an effective witness to the Gentiles. 
Folks, it's a reminder to us that there's a lot of things that have to go on kind of in private, hidden things to help one day be ready for some of the things that are going to be more in public. It's a time of preparation, of being hidden in God's Word, in prayer, learning patience, slowing down, wrestling through, allowing God's will to be worked into his life, discerning God's voice, learning his identity, his calling, and his purpose. Did Paul preach, pray for the sick, all those things during years? Probably. But he wasn't in the limelight and the spotlight of Jerusalem and other major cities. So then I flipped the question around to us, to you, watching online, here, in person. Have you ever felt hidden? maybe even forgotten. I think many of us probably have felt maybe hidden right now during this season of COVID. And maybe that applies to church life. Maybe that applies to work life. Maybe that applies to school. Maybe that applies to whatever context you're in. Maybe before you were a bit more in public and now you're a bit more hidden. I present to you this morning that maybe as you deal with maybe some frustration, some anger, some pain, saying, God, why are you doing this? You know, maybe lift your heads to look at a different perspective. That maybe God's planned it, maybe God's allowed it, maybe God's ordained it. That maybe without us knowing, we've needed a season of preparation. Maybe we need to be hidden for a while in order for God to get our private lives ready for what's going to happen in the public. But God works through formation, through his word, through prayer, through yielding to God, learning rhythms of life, of growing and training and abiding and remaining in Christ. Maybe God's protecting you. I think sometimes... We in the Christian world can do this. Someone gets radically saved, and sometimes too soon we can put them in the spotlight. <laughs> Doesn't mean they can't do things or share and things like that, but sometimes I think maybe we put some more things on people than their formation and their foundations allow them to sustain. And maybe it's for our own protection sometimes that God hides us away to form us. Maybe God's teaching us some patience. Maybe God is teaching us some things in, when we're hidden that we can never learn in any other context. The fruit of the Spirit is this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So this week, maybe you can just think about, God, where do you have me at this stage of life? I'm in right now, in church life, in my workplace, in school, at camp this summer. God, what are you doing? And maybe, just maybe, and maybe you can look back and see this, and maybe you can see it where you're at, and maybe in days ahead. God, maybe you're hiding me a bit in order to do something in private. You're forming me, because maybe you've got something else that I don't even know coming, that I need a good foundation, that I need to learn to be before I do. God did this with his son Jesus. God did this with Paul. 
God does this with you and I. So kids, this morning, maybe God's got a season of you of forming you, of putting some things in your life. Our Green Hill Lake crew, maybe even the summer. Sometimes maybe you're going to feel maybe a bit hidden. Other people maybe are more in the spotlight. It's a season of God building stuff into you. God wants to form us and to shape our habits and our lifestyle and our choices to seek Him first. God uses us being hidden to bring formation, to be more like Jesus. God does two other things, and I'll just quickly go through these two. Number two, God brings helpers. God provided Paul with two key helpers, very timely. First, we looked at this last week with Ananias. God spoke to Ananias, and he sent him to Saul. And I love it, the Bible's so honest, because Ananias argued and questioned with God. (laughs) I love it, so honest. Ananias, I want you to go to Saul. And Ananias is like, God, I know you've been busy. Maybe you haven't heard, but like, this is not a good thing. Maybe you haven't, uh, you know, caught Google News or whatever this morning that uh, this Saul guy is not good. And he argued through, but he was obedient to God with risk and with fear and with challenge. But he lived in the reward of being obedient. Second, in this passage, he says, God sent Barnabas. Paul went to Jerusalem, and again, there was a lot of fear, a lot of questioning, a lot of distrust. Is this a trap? And Barnabas, who we've seen earlier in the book of Acts, the son of encouragement, really risks, and he becomes a friend and a helper and an advocate, and he's obedient, and he trusts Jesus, and he comes along Saul. But Barnabas defended Saul and stood up for him and brought him into the fellowship of the Jerusalem disciples. Just think about it for a minute. What if Ananias and Barnabas hadn't obeyed God? I'm sure God would have worked it another way, but is it possible Paul would never have had the impact if these two helpers hadn't come alongside and helped Paul? You know what? Sometimes God calls us to help someone who might make us uncomfortable. Maybe we're scared of, maybe we're just unfamiliar with, maybe it's out of our comfort zone, and God's just kind of tapping us on the shoulder to say, I want you to do this. I want you to spend some time with this person. And you're kind of going to like, God, uh, I don't know. I don't think my personality is going to, you know, we can come up with a lot of things. But God just might be tapping us on the shoulder to say, I just want you to go and spend some time with this person. Folks, we need helpers in our lives. We need to be helpers, and we need help. (laughs) And sometimes it can just be for a short time. I don't know Ananias' long-term impact on Paul. It it seemed like a very short time. Went, shared, prayed for him, laid hands, and I don't know if Ananias had any other time with him, but that was a strategic time. Barnabas, we see, I think had a longer-term relationship. So maybe Barnabas was more like a mentor because in Acts 11, we read this, that when Paul's in Tarsus, it says that Barnabas goes to Tarsus and brings Paul to Antioch, and then they begin to work together. So today, I just ask you, is God providing an opportunity for you to be a helper? Maybe to a person that needs a friend, maybe to a person that needs an advocate, a helper, maybe a person that needs someone to vouch for them. And maybe is God providing someone to help you? And it's interesting because 
The great thing about this passage is that Paul then later on tells about this story a few different times. So you learn a bit more each time. So in Acts 22, 16, you read this. When Paul tells the story about Ananias, I think this is hilarious. He says this, Ananias now says to Paul, and now what are you waiting for? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's kind of like Ananias was a bit confrontational with Paul. What boldness, right? So he shares with Paul, this is what God has for you. Be baptized, be filled with the Spirit. And he says to him, and now what are you waiting for? Paul had a choice to make. So our formation in Christ, God sometimes hides us, sometimes he provides helpers, sometimes we're the helpers. And the last thing, I'll just briefly say this, and this is what really stands out to me with Paul every time. He had a real hunger for God. He was hungry for God. He had a hunger to know God. He had a hunger to obey God. He had a hunger to share with God. And Mark looked, last week looked at the ambition and zeal that Paul had and how God channeled that towards Jesus. So I'm asking the question, are we growing in our hunger for Jesus individually and together as a church? And I shared this a bit last month with our men that just to say, I'm telling you, sometimes during COVID, I'll be honest, I probably lost some hunger for God, to be brutally honest. It's been harder. We haven't sort of iron sharpens iron and you connect and you're kind of spur one another on. When you've been disconnected, when you actually haven't been with people, I'm a touchy-feely person. I'm like, sports is my thing, high fives, elbows, hugs, everything. That, that does something to me. That spurs me on. That lights a fire in me. And it's the same in church life. And I haven't been able to do that or not to the same extent. It kind of dulls us in whatever different ways. And I'm just like, God, I want to know you more. God, I want to obey you more. God, I want to enjoy you more. God, I want to have opportunities to share you more. And so I just shared with the men, what I've been doing is simply that. I've just been asking God, God, would you give me hunger for you? Even when I don't feel like it, even when I'm just kind of like flatline, I'm like I'm not feeling anything. It's like, God, would you give me a hunger for you? God, would you give me, increase my hunger for you, God? Increase my hunger to just want to know you, to spend time with you, to enjoy you, to just delight in you. God, in increase my hunger to just learn from you, to be formed like Jesus. Lord, increase my hunger to just have opportunities to share this good news with others. So in summary, formation. God wants Christ to be formed in us as his followers. It's not just a one-time decision to follow Jesus. It's every day God wants to form Christ in us, individually and together as a church. And sometimes, yes, it starts with the decision, and with Paul, it was a radical change. He was born again. He obeyed God. But also, there was a lot of formation. It wasn't just the Spider-Man, he got bit, superhero. It was Paul was an ordinary person, called to an incredible work by an incredible God, but he was formed and fashioned into the image of Christ. 
He obeyed. He was baptized in water. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He turned away from his former life. But God knit him in with other Christians, and God used a time of hiddenness in order for these foundations of God's Word, prayer, abiding, yielding, sharing Jesus. And there's the same today. God takes time to prepare us. He does work in private in order to get us ready for public. He uses hidden things for us to learn how to be before we do. God provides helpers to help us, and He uses us to bring help to others. And God gives us a hunger for Him. So in closing, really today is an invitation again from God for us just to make ourselves available for God to form Christ in us that we are being formed into the image of Christ, Paul says later, from one degree of glory to the next. It's a process, and we get to join in. So here's a couple things I just want you to really consider and put into practice and application this week. Here's your application. Is on those three things hidden this week, is there one thing that maybe God wants to change in your habits, in your routine, in your lifestyle, that can help form you into the image of Christ. Because folks, that's where it really, it's the real life, real action is, what are our habits? What's our routines? What are the things that we go about in everyday life, day after day after day? Where in there does God want to maybe bring some formation? Helper, are you open to God maybe just tapping you on the shoulder and saying, either for a short time or for a longer time, I just want you to go to one person, and this is the person I just want you to spend some time with. This is the person I want you to help. And maybe God's bringing someone into your life who's going to help you. Are you open to that? And this week, are you open to praying that prayer? God, would you give me a greater hunger for you? God, even if I don't feel it, I'm going to pray it. Even if I don't see you at work, I'm going to pray it. Because God, I know you're always at work. I'm going to pray that I'm going to be hungry for you. So folks, don't miss out and think that Paul's like Spider-Man and that you could never apply the things he's saying. Paul was an ordinary guy, an extraordinary God got a hold of his life, but God formed him into the image of Christ and into his purpose and plan. God wants to do the same things for us. So why don't we stand and the team can come and we'll do one last song. Why don't we stand? If you're at home, I just want to pray. And then Mark and the team will lead us and Jody will close us off. Father, I just thank you for every person here right now. Thank you for every person watching online. And Father, I just thank you this morning. We got kids here, teenagers, Lord, people from different backgrounds, age groups, but Lord, you're drawing all people to Jesus. You want all of us to be followers of Jesus, and you want all of us to be formed into the image of Christ. And Lord, this morning, I just pray for every person here, every person watching online. Lord, you would just do a work in our hearts, Lord, that we would want to be formed. That Lord, if you have us for seasons in hiding, in a sense, Lord, we would embrace that. Lord, that we would see that as an opportunity for us to have foundations formed in us. 
God, I pray, Lord, if you want us to be a helper, if you're bringing people to help us, Lord, we'd be open and obedient to that. And God, I pray, Lord, individually, Lord, I pray for us as a church. God, would you give us a greater hunger for you, Lord, that we hunger and thirst for you, to be with you, to know you, to be about your purposes and plans, Lord. Help us in these things, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.